Welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. And, you know, it is such a shocking thing to hear about, but uh, people have this gold mine within their realm and because they don't follow up with their current customers or people that came close to buying something that those easy to get sales are just forgotten because I need to get my next lead. And we've got an expert today, Mustafa Husseini here with us today. He's an expert. He's Mr. Follow-up and he's also going to talk about leads. Mustafa, welcome to the program. Thanks, Omar. Uh, great to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. Thanks for the warm welcome. You are welcome. Welcome. We're welcoming everybody. We're welcoming our guests. We're so, so open because we want to oh, do yeah. follow-ups. So uh, one of the things that salespeople have a tough time with is, uh, Mustafa, you don't understand. I'm a salesperson. I am uh, creative. I'm going to go do stuff. And the people that are really great at sales have a process. Mm -hmm. for everything. And they follow that process. And the reason they do that is that's the only way you can actually get shit done. And two, that's the only way you can improve what you're doing. Because if you're making shit up as you go along each time, it's hard to figure out. So talk to us about a, the need for a follow-up process and maybe showcase what a follow-up process could look like. For sure. Uh, can I share? It starts with some numbers and stats. Well, please. Okay, so studies show that um, uh, about 40 to 60% of salespeople, depending on the industry and the company, follow up only once and they stop. And research and study and experience shows that most sales are closed within the fifth to the 12th contact, about 80, over 80% of it. Right. So, uh, most salespeople live a monumental amount of money and deals and customers on the table. And so what they do is they, they, they go through the effort of finding that lead, finding the prospect, and then they give up on that prospect way too early. Okay. Before we go further, I'm going to let you continue, but, uh, this is a perfect example of mindset coming in. It's like, oh, I don't want to bother them. They don't want it. I better go find somebody else. So uh, in my experience, it's all what's happening inside their own head that causes this behavior. From your experience, uh, what do you think the reason is why people don't follow up enough? 100%. So I deal with this all the time. I don't want to bother them. I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to uh, appear like a pet, uh, you know, like a pest and I don't want to be, you know, bugging them too much. So here's a fact. Let's, let's review the whole process. We, we did a bunch of marketing efforts and adver advertising efforts to attract someone saying, Hey, here's what we offer. Here's a pain or challenge that you have, and we can potentially and possibly help you fix that challenge. That person then, um, comes through and in other ways they do some search and research and they come through different avenues. The person shows up and they show vulnerability saying, hey, they raise their hand and say, I have a problem. I have an issue. I have a challenge. And can you help me? Let's look at your process and your solution. So you have a conversation and this person says, let me think about it. Let me talk to my wife. Give me time to digest this information. What do we do then? We're, we just give up on them. And we say, I don't want to be pushy. So my response is, don't be pushy. If you don't want to be pushy, don't be. If you don't want to be salesy, 
don't be salesy. Although there is nothing wrong with being salesy. I mean, there's a line between a, being a pushy and aggressive salesperson versus a salesperson. But let's talk about bothering them. So someone showed up and said, I have a problem. Can you help me? And I said, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to hurt your feelings. Like, dude, I have a problem. Imagine going to a doctor and say, doctor, my shoulder hurts. And doctor says, I don't want to bother you. You'd be like, doctor, what kind of nonsense is that? Fix my shoulder. Right? And so the fact that you're following up, if you follow up with people in a nice, friendly, nurturing way, you're not bothering them. And please hear this. You're bothering them by not following up. Why? Because they still have the problem. They still have the challenge. And you're sitting back checking your Facebook and Instagram saying to yourself, I don't want to be pushy and salesy. So just to add to that, a uh, couple of things. Uh, I was at uh, this meeting of a sales team. I was uh, coaching and this one gentleman got the deal and his boss said, well, how many times did you have to follow up? He said, I sent 21 texts. Yeah. And all of them were ignored to a large degree but there was still like a being on their mental radar, but they were just ready for it on the 21st uh, uh, reach out. They were like, Oh yeah, I want to sell this. Uh, please call me back. Let's move forward. And if you want to stab yourself in the heart, this is the best way to do it. Dear listeners is do not follow up. And then you eventually do. And the customer says, Oh my God, I just closed a deal with someone else. Mm-hmm. And you're like, shit, had I followed up and stayed in touch over the next three months, that $30,000 worth of commission would have been in my pocket with my family because I didn't do that. So A, you're not bothering them. And number two, sometimes it's people going to think that I'm needy or I'm greedy. And it's whatever stories we tell ourselves. But we're going to talk about how to overcome that in a minute. But before mm-hmm. I let you go on with the answer, let's just do a quick shout out to our sponsor because it's all about mindset. If you're ready to let go of anxiety, let go of uncertainty, let go of doubt, Mindset Boosters gives you the ability to decide how you act and feel in any situation. Ready to take charge of your mindset? Go to MindsetBoosters.com. So we're not bothering them. We're not bugging them. Uh, now what? Like, what's a good strategy to to do a follow up uh, process? So depends on the situation, but typically, if you follow up with them once a week, that's a good good start. If you just had a fresh conversation and you guys agreed to, uh, you know, following up the next day or within a two or day, two or three days. That is perfect. Nothing wrong with that while it's fresh and they're thinking about it. And um, I've I've heard and I've seen this time and over where the salesperson or the business that followed up and stayed in touch most consistently and showed most interest and provided most value in that process typically got the the sale, got the business, right? They win. And because they showed genuine interest, I actually literally... I read a story from a friend of mine who left a review on someone else's. Uh, uh, it was an auto dealership. Mm. And she, she said something to the effect of, I did business with Nima because out of all the dealerships that I visited, Nima showed most interest. He followed up the most. 
and he was always available and responded uh, most quickly. Most other dealerships took days to respond if they ever responded. And that's why Nima, in this case, got the sale. And uh, so uh, here's how we do it. Can I share some strategy on how to overcome the fear of follow-up? No, please don't. We want to we wanna be stuck. All right. So <laughs> um, here's how to do overcome the fear. So usually people have a fear because they don't know what to say. And they don't want to be like, hey, are you ready to buy now? Are you ready? Have you made a decision? Did you talk to your wife? That's that's tough to say. Hmm. So here's the easy way. What we do is we send stories to our customers to educate them as a way of follow-up. Example, today I was uh, talking to a client, to a prospect. Prospect is sitting on a list of 50,000 uh, customers. And I asked them, John, when was the last time you called your entire list? John, never. Oh, do you think that's serving and helping you? No. Do you think that's serving and helping your customers? No. So we decided to, you know, how I'm sharing a story about the results and stuff like that. So we're educating the customer via stories. Here is the strategy there. One, we are hardwired on stories. Mm. People love stories. And okay, if you so can... Stop right there just for a second. We're going to go in that. I, what you just shared with me wasn't really a story. It was a set of questions. A story would have been, let me tell you about Joe. He's... Joe yeah. Yeah. Uh, did da da da, and it, 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 he killed it. And I think that would work for you as well. So, the first one you did was more a device uh, versus story. No, no, no. I was it was it was a a story from today. I met with Joe. Joe. Oh, Joe was a prospect. Yeah. 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 I'm telling. You. So I'm sharing. So I would share a story about my today's interaction mm. with my customer. I met with a prospect prospect said this i asked him what was going on they said i have these challenges and then they said here is an issue and a, and a concern that i have about this and that so i shared and i and then here's how we did it love here's it. what happened today love right? it and then that's that's more educational and people love to read stories so that's one way another way is to send them education about your product that's a way better better process and a, a perspective on follow-up. Here is another aspect of what we do uh -huh, and how it's hurting your business. Or here's how to overcome this challenge, right? I literally uh, have got probably about 100 data points from market research and market insights mm -hmm. about research that has been done with respect to my business, which is follow-up on the effects of follow-up on their business. So every week or every day, if I needed to, I could send the new data point and say, study by sales.com says XYZ percent. Now, let me share with you how this applies. And I can even attach that to a story in what we are experiencing. See, that's a lot easier to, uh, to send that. to a customer. And you're also uh, providing insight, which I think is an incredibly important aspect of what we do as salespeople is we can we can tell them a story, which is nice. We can give them data. But if what you just did, this is what it means for you, is huge. Yeah. And it's a lot easier. You can even pick up the phone and call a prospect and say, Omer, I just came across a, a, a research that we just did recently. And here's a fact that I found. Check this out. 
only one out of 26 unhappy customers will speak up. The rest of them will fade away in silence and you will lose them. Do you have a uh, process to find unhappy customers and address them as fast as possible? Nope. Let's talk, Mustafa. Yeah, that's right. brilliant. Are you or are you losing customers? And the answer is typically no, which is like the I love Chris Voss's no oriented questions. Do you have a mm -hmm. process to do this? No, I don't. All right, great. Would you be against talking about it and see how we could fix this? See how that was a lot easier versus have you decided to buy my shit? Mm. <laughs> right. And then if I can even uh, I can even tie that. So as a matter of fact, a story is that yesterday I was looking at numbers from a, an existing customer. And every day we are updating contact information. And in this case, about unhappy customers, we're booking between um, 10 to 20 appointments with unhappy customers to address their issues. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we're calling them. Now, the chances of us booking 10 unhappy customers a day is pretty much near zero based on this research. Do you have a process to find unhappy customers? Yeah, love that. So, and, and that story could be crafted and it could be, you know, uh, performed and delivered better, but I'm just making it on the go. But those are examples of ways to cut through the fear of follow up and do it properly and effectively while, while you're delivering value and engaging your prospects and customers. So let's talk about process, because if you can give them process, that also gives them confidence. Mm -hmm. And there's a step-by-step -step thing that they need to do. So walk us through a process that you might develop for a client. So here's what we do with, a co with existing customers, because we specialize in follow-ups uh, uh, with people that are already on your list. Mm. Okay. So let's talk about existing customers. Here's a process. We call the entire list every four months. Right, every four months. Every three or four months, depending on the business. And this is a very friendly and nurturing call. And we're getting massive results out of it. Here's why. Um, a couple of reasons behind the strategy and the results that we're getting. One, customers always have a need to do business. Uh, depending again, again, depending on the business. Customers always have referrals that we want to teach and encourage them to, to do it. And... Another piece that makes it uh, viable is like these guys already know, like, and trust us. So, and I want to maintain and keep that relationship for repeat right. business referrals and the rest of it. And then because they know, like, and trust us, our conversion rates on these calls are between six to 10 times higher compared to new lead generation. This, let's, say, let's say you're my customer. You bought some from me last year, four months ago. It is a lot between 50 to 70% easier to convert you to buy again and or to refer a friend compared to talking to so, to somebody that has absolutely no clue who I am and trying to convince them to do business with me. Brilliant. So that's one process. Once uh, uh, every, every three to four months, call your entire list. So uh, talk to me about uh, LinkedIn and emails and texts and voicemails and phone calls. Do you have any kind of pattern around that or mix and match? Like uh, sure. what's your thinking about that? If you're following up with prospects, like someone came in and uh, uh, you have, you had a chat, you had a sales meeting with them and mm -hmm. they're, they're thinking about it. You could follow up with them every week via a different channel. Week one, email. 
week two, direct mail, week three, phone call, week four, LinkedIn, and just cycle through that. Email, direct mail, phone call, LinkedIn. Now, you don't have to do all of it. Pick and choose the one that you like. For example, right now I am alternating between email and phone calls. Week one, email, week two, phone call, email, phone call, email, phone call. Soon enough, I'm going to incorporate a direct mail piece, a lumpy direct mail piece that mm -hmm. has a pretty high chance of getting open. And I'm going to, and we're working on the, uh, on the campaign as we speak. So once that is in and we put it in the mix, that's just going to add it up. So a lot of a, a big issue where people get stuck in marketing and, and other stuff is like, Joe Smith, the big shot of the industry, is doing it with a 37 variable marketing approach. Like they're doing a whole complex issue. Mm -hmm. I need to build a campaign just like him before I get it started. And that takes 37 years to build. Mm. <laughs> right. So if you could just do phone calls, just do a weekly phone call follow up that will work. Add email to the mix. Those are so easy. And it, it is effective. People are getting responses out of it. So that is some examples of things you could do. And then before I forget, like I mentioned LinkedIn, it's so easy to go on LinkedIn and friend them and like their stuff and comment on their post. It, do, it takes 30 seconds. You do that once a week for 100 people, you're good to go. And just uh, dear listeners and viewers, when you do a comment on LinkedIn or any other platform, uh, your articles are so insightful and you're so big and you're so strong. You can tell when somebody is not actually has not read Generally. your article and is just basically trying to butter you up. And that makes people uh, turn off and run away. So if you're going to do it, do it right. And the best way to do it is uh, I think provide insight. If there was an article that they did and you can say, Hey, thanks for writing that article. Cause it got me to rethink, what I'm doing here, or that reminded me of this quote or something that gets them to think back. And at that point you start uh, a conversation, a discussion. For sure. For sure. I mean, you could smell that someone is not being genuine. Absolutely. So uh, before you can get to all this follow-up nonsense, no, no gold, uh, you need to get prospects. So Mustafa, what are some uh, strategies to, uh, get leads through advertising on what would you recommend for business to business? Would it be LinkedIn, Instagram depends on the industry. My favorite strategy is creating a dream 100 list. Mm -hmm. That's what I learned from Chet Holmes. Uh, and good, uh, good guy, great book, great million book. dollar sales machine. Uh, the ultimate sales machine is the, is the name of his book. Interesting. Uh, does he have another one? The million dollar. That was the million dollar sales machine. No, the ultimate sales machine is name of name of his book. Okay, I actually, you I'll fact check you. But please go ahead, describe it. So I got the first time I heard about this was from um, uh, Russell Brunson. He explained. He has a video on YouTube where he explains the process pretty thoroughly. So if you want to, if you search Dream One Hundred, he explains it there. So you create a list of hundred prospects that you want to work with. These are your ideal customers, and you send them a. Uh, just like what I talked about, a direct mail, call, uh, email, one a week. Again, you want to educate them, you want to send them stories, you want to provide value, and you stay in touch until they become customers. And the the the, the point to pay attention to is um, when Chet explains this process in the book, he says he he did it between four to six months. He did it for four months, and then. Um, 
he got his first customer after four months of doing this. Typically, people want to what want to do something along the lines of what's one email that will make a killing and turn me into a billionaire overnight, right? Yeah. But it's a long process. It's a nurturing kind of farming approach, and then through that process, he converted most of his dream 100 list eventually. So that's my favorite lead gen um, process. Absolutely. And, and I like that one too. And I think if I remember, and you're right, it's the ultimate sales machine. Uh, why did I doubt you? Uh, if you look at that, it was like, you know, do your business as usual, but your dream 100, even if you get two or three of those people, it'll make you a year kind of thing. So you don't have to wait for the four months or three months till you start getting results. Do your day-to-day -day stuff. And then uh, as I look out of the window, I see Salesforce's office just down below me. It's downtown Toronto. And uh, there's a couple of insurance companies here. So uh, that would be the thing to do is to figure out a nice process to get yeah. them going. Uh, there was a TV station that I had heard from one of the reporters that there was a nightmare between uh, the general manager and the news people and the salespeople. And it was just awful. So one of the touch points I ended up doing was uh, sending a fire extinguisher. I hear you have a lot of fires. We can help you put them out. Uh, nice. That's pretty cool. Got a return phone call, got a, a meeting. One. That is a good one. I love it. <laughs> Superb. So uh, uh, talk to me about uh, advertising. What kind of ads have worked uh, well for you and your customers? Uh, I am not an advertising guy. Mm. Not my main thing. And I'm going to be honest. And I'm, most of my business comes through relationships. Love it. And, and so I've, I've tried, I ran a marketing agency and I've done a whole bunch of stuff, <clears throat> but I'm a face to face guy. I, I get most of my customers through, like I would pick a dream 100 list and keep going after that list. Mm. I would send them messages, call them and all that. That's my, what works for me and matches my personality. I get customers through referrals. I'm kind of like an old school guy in that sense, you know? Um, and then I, I go to a conference, maybe speak at a conference. I meet a bunch of people, follow up with them that way. That's how I do most of my lead generation, speaking, networking, referrals, and direct, literally cold calling the people I want to work with. Love that. And by the way, I'm going to hook you up with a guy called uh, Brian Shirley. He's writing a book of the lost art of face-to-face -face selling. And I think you'd make a really good chapter in that book. So I'll uh, do the intro as soon as I we get you. off the show. But Mustafa, you wanted to share some tools and techniques with our viewers and listeners before we part company. What do you want to share with them that could help them uh, be better salespeople? For sure. So I'm sharing the checklist to my uh, uh, upcoming book called Simple Retention Formula. Uh, this is the lead. This is a checklist that uh, people could get to uh, basically check it out and uh, improve the customer retention. Um, here, can I share some numbers here? Please. About 80% of your sales or future sales will come from 20% of your existing customers. Mm -hmm. And what the problem and issue that, that we see is people spend more than 80% of their time and money on newly generation while ignoring their existing customers. So this checklist will help you uh, basically, uh, uh, what you might call it, uh, improve your customer retention. And I'm gonna put the uh, uh, link here in the chat.
chat box so you can share with your audience. All and right. For those, who are, do those, that. Who, are, who, those who are um, listening maybe later, the link is persayo.com slash VQ. That is P-E-R-S-Y-O dot com for slash V as in vector, key as in coat or Cora. Oh, by the way, we've got a shout out from uh, Fred Diamond saying, hey, both of you have been on my podcast. Hey, yes. Fred, how's it going? Good to see you, Fred. And Fred, in the comments, he wrote, Dumar, you're a lot more better looking than Mustafa. Okay, he didn't say that. I just made that up. <laughs> uh, Mustafa, we're going to wind this thing down. Stay on the line with me so we can just have a quick chat before we uh, part company. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Great, Great to be here. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 